This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This episode of Home Study was brought to you by Power Plucker, my go-to source for all of my chicken equipment, including the Power Plucker, the drill bit powered chicken plucker. Visit powerplucker.com to learn more and by rjsbeefarm.com. If you keep bees, or you want to start beekeeping, visit rjsbeefarm.com to learn about beekeeping and to buy all your beekeeping supplies. From the time he was 18 months, I knew he was going to be an engineer because we got him a little people main street that folded out and it had all these doors and all these things that went into places in the doors and all these cars oh, yeah. that went into certain places. And he was 18 months old. And I used to have to go and say, well, his name was Mickey at that time. I'd say, Mickey, can I please play with you? He's like, no. <laughs> oh, but you're 18 months old. He loved engineering sort of things and things that made sense. That makes sense. So, yep. Organized. Things had certain places. Organized, figuring out what things make sense. Yeah, that sounds a lot like accountant Mike. Oh, and one other thing. Oh, thank you, Michael. You guys need to keep fresher tonic around. Oh. It's, I'm sorry, it's your dad. What the heck? I is am going problem? to hide it. Oh, that's good. Not afraid to tell somebody what they're doing wrong. That's the accountant Mike that we all know and love. Last year, about this time, Accountant Mike told me that I was doing something wrong in my homestead, and that was raising egg-laying chickens. In fact, to quote him directly, At that point, you're better off just buying it because the time and effort you have to put into this is just awful. And plus, then a bear comes along and <laughs> rips the coop apart and eats your chickens, and then what do you do? We did all the math, all the calculations, and at the end of the day, Accountant Mike said we were better off just buying farm fresh eggs from somebody else nearby. He said with all the work and all the time, it wouldn't save you any money. So today on Homesteady, we're going to revisit this because we've had some outcries from our fans. Some people saying that 
you can, in fact, get a thumbs up for Farm Fresh Eggs. And the way to do it is to sell them, to try to make money off those eggs. So, can it be done? Can we get a thumbs up from Accountant Mike? Can we prove to him that Farm Fresh Eggs are a worthwhile endeavor and that by selling some of these eggs, we can pay ourselves back for our time, our effort, and maybe pay for some anti-bear spray. The world that we live in is a crazy place, but you and me, we can each make it a little better. We can live a more sustainable life. We can become more self-sufficient get more connected with the planet around us and we can do all of this together so everybody cozy up it's time for another episode of homesteading for those of you who are new listeners and have no idea what we're talking about right now let me explain every month or so on homesteady we take some subject that has to do with farming or homesteading maybe it's raising dairy goats or making homemade bread. Or maybe it's raising egg-laying chickens. You know, the organic, super nice for you eggs that you buy at like Whole Foods. And we try to break it down and see whether or not it makes sense to do A, for your lifestyle, and B, if it makes financial sense. And to do that, we have my best friend and farm accountant, Accountant Mike, onto the show. What we're trying to figure out here is... What's our cost of producing a dozen eggs? And then compare that. And then He helps us break down like... the numbers, figure out what everything costs, and then he'll give it either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Most of the topics we've covered on the show, we've been able to work a thumbs up from Accountant Mike. In fact, for a while, we were undefeated. It was all thumbs up. That is until we hit egg-laying chickens. Now, let's go backyard homesteader. Do you think it's worth it for the backyard homesteader? Not really. And here's here's the reason why. We tried to figure out whether or not egg-laying chickens could save a homesteader money. And it turns out that from the numbers we got, you really couldn't save any money doing backyard chickens. In the last year, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking to myself, maybe we approached this all wrong. So ever the stubborn farmer that I am, I decided I would try to reapproach this subject from the point of view not of someone keeping chickens to save money, but as someone trying to keep chickens and make money, having a little side hustle selling eggs. Because if there's one thing that we'll be able to convince Accountant Mike that this is worth spending our time with, it's to prove to him that we could make a little money doing it. That said, this still isn't going to be easy. Because honestly, I think he might be a little biased. Captain Mike's mom, Lori, raised chickens. It was right after he had moved out of the house. Well, not exactly. He'd moved into the basement of his house. As newlyweds, him and his wife lived downstairs of their parents for a period of time. Could his negative view of these chickens be because of the fact that they were his replacements? Are we ever going to get a thumbs up, even if we can prove to him that it's obviously a worthwhile thing to do? I figured before we try and show him hard numbers, we better ask someone who knows Mike well. Hello? 
someone who would have insight into his deep-rooted feelings against chickens. That someone is his mother. That bell's such a nice audio clip. I'm, of course, recording my arrival. Oh, my goodness. You know how we do. Hey, Lori. Oh, that's what I say. Lori and Mick, Mike's parents, are neighbors of ours. They live about 10 minutes away, and they're the first people we'll call and ask to stop by and close up our chickens if we get delayed somewhere and are worried about them getting attacked by coyotes. You see, Lori understands the need to care for your animals and to protect them. Now, Lori hadn't had any pets for all the years that Mike and his brother were living at home. Their father has a lot of allergies, and, well, cats and dogs just weren't an option. In fact, the only animal that they could have... My husband is allergic to everything but reptiles, and I refuse to have reptiles in the house. So this is the only thing that wouldn't take too much of my time and be too labor-intensive. So I thought, yeah, chickens is the way to go. Except for two weekends building a coop and then a million hours every year taking care of them. <laughs> yeah, I think the hardest thing them, was, um, well, I did find online that I told Dad, when we get chickens... Did you catch that? A Captain Mike said walking them. You see, this is what I'm talking about. Does he have a real idea of what normal chicken care is? Because I've never walked my chickens, and I'm guessing most of you listeners haven't walked yours. We have to make sure that Accountant Mike has an accurate portrayal of what chicken care is like and make sure that he's not just jealous because they kind of kicked him out of the house. I thought, yeah, the kids are gone. i got to have something to do, and I'll get chickens. How long were the, the boys out of the house before the chickens showed up? Not even a year. About nine months. No seven, eight months. Less, it was like six months. Uh, yeah, we were, maybe. Technically, Mike was still in the house, just in the basement. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. They're right. <laughs> as soon as the kids left, she replaced oh, us. She replaced us with chickens. and chickens. Like four chickens. <laughs> no, and no I you did not research it to the nth degree. Yes, I did. I can show you all the data. I, I research every... Ask, no, ask your dad. I really did right. research it. Is it just me, or does Accountant Mike seem a little bit bitter? Maybe that's why this thumbs down happened. They are the re- they are the replacement for my children. They need to have a nice home. And I really do love my children. I do, but I needed. And then they were gone. gone. And then I replaced them. What was it? Three chickens each. And have, but having said this, that's apparently the the emotional value six, of a child. Six. Oh, six chickens each. Oh my lord. <laughs> Most of you are thinking that's crazy. Of course, Mike, your mom didn't replace you with chickens. Come on. But then, most of you haven't seen the coop that Mick and Lori custom-built for their chickens. I wanted to put in a skylight, but Mick, um, (laughs) but instead he put in, um, let me back up. We wanted it to be able to access from both ends of the coop, and we did want natural light because we heard the chickens do need a lot of natural light during the wintertime, so we did that. He put up a flip-up roof, so I can actually lift up the entire roof give it a good clean and airing, and the chickens could escape easily. Yes. <laughs> was it the Ritz-Carlton of kind of was. But then I thought, well, they're chickens. They're live animals. They need the best I can give them. So it was. It was painted inside and out. That's what I love. Anything that I can dream up, he can put to paper and then make it. In case you're wondering, Lori's husband, Mick, is an engineer. He's very particular. He likes to work off of drawings, even if it's just a chicken coop. You can see where Accountant Mike gets his preciseness. Yeah, he's an engineer by birth and degree, and former Coast Guard officer. He builds things. He builds a lot of things. 
Well, usually it's a long process of me getting it from my mouth to his ears. So once he understands it correctly, then he puts it to paper. Then we sit down and we go through every single piece of every single side until we know every single screw that we need. And we're both like that. So we're a bit anal, but we have to get all the right stuff. Neurotic. Is that what you mean? <laughs> you can say it louder. Because we hate to have to go out for more supplies. We live 20 minutes from the nearest hardware store. So we like to just get it all at once and do it. And so that's what we did. We took out two weeks, two weekends of our time. We built a chicken coop. Highly analytical, lots of planning, efficient use of time, important. This is definitely accounted Mike's parents. It's an investment, and I didn't want to just jump in. It cost us over $400 to make the coop, and right. I didn't want it to be just yeah. money thrown out. Yep. Accounted Mike isn't a big fan of money thrown out either. And that's why when we broke down the costs and the time that it took to raise our own chickens here on our farm and then figured out what we were saving from purchasing them at another local farm, he gave it a thumbs down. For those of you who haven't heard the episode, we're going to do a quick recap of those numbers. All right, startup cost, you're going to need a coop. This is a clip from me and Mike last year trying to break down the numbers. Chicks are like 333 if you figure. You last know. thing we got to was the subject of feed, and that's your big money item. The amount of feed it takes to get to the chickens to the point of lay. 16 pounds of feed to get them to the point of lay. Okay. And then how much Plus. feed it takes every yes. day to turn an Plus. egg out. Which works out to about $3.54 a dozen. Now, let's go backyard homesteader. Do you think it's worth it for the backyard homesteader? Not really. And here's here's the reason why. I think he has a very good, he's good at separating things from, okay, let's look at it in this detached method and see what the truth is about the situation. And then, I think he's a realist. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a realist with pessimistic tendencies. Overtones. That is incorrect. <laughs> see? Wrong. Um, okay. Where did Accountant Mike come from? Well, Austin. <laughs> when a man runs away. <laughs> Sometimes there's this magic. You know I have three kids. Right? <laughs> oh, dude, man, I don't know. So man. I'm still trying Maybe to figure it out. Maybe you don't know. Yeah. Could you fill me in here? How did he This happen? is the question I'm trying to answer. No, not the where do babies come from one. I think I got that one figured out. This pessimistic view of caring for chickens. Where is that coming from? Why does Accountant Mike think it's such a waste of time? Maybe it's because his mom's care of her chickens wasn't exactly streamlined. They always got let out immediately. I'd let them out in the yard so they could move and roam about, but then that always entailed me chasing them around to get them back into the coop. <laughs> so that was sometimes a problem. And I just interact with them, talk to them, and they'd come sit, jump on my lap, they'd jump up into my arms, I could take them around the yard. Well, I'd that? just converse with them, tell them what I was doing during the day, ask them what they were doing, and just nonsensical stuff, but just talk to them. And they seemed to respond. And if I, I could call them from across the yard, and they would all look at me. And they all followed me around the yard. Wherever I would go, if I would clap my hands and say, come on, girls, they'd immediately come to me and follow me anywhere I went. That's... And maybe his negative view of chickens comes from the fact that his mom's chicken story had a sad ending. But yes, there is a bear that roams in the woods around here. He generally does not come after small animals. We've got a lot of small animals in the area. But he's an opportunist. And 
He literally ripped the egg box roof off of the hinges, tossed it aside, and ate four of the six chickens that we had left. And the neighbors found the other ones in their yard. And as soon as it was daylight, our neighbor kindly called us and said, you know, we've got chickens in our yard and there are feathers everywhere. I don't know what has happened. You better go check. I thought, she can't possibly be right. They're not... My, my coop is built really well. My husband's an engineer. He built the coop really tight. And it was the one weakness in the whole coop that the bear had taken advantage of. This wasn't like losing a farm animal. It was like losing a pet. Did that experience ruin chickens for Lori? Will she do them again? We'll answer those questions after we come back from these messages. So we have a couple new segments on the Home Study Show that I'm excited to tell you about. The first new segment is going to be the Grow Journey Gardening Tip of the Month. This is brought to you by our friends at Grow Journey. If you remember a couple episodes back, we interviewed Aaron Von Frank about turning lawns into gardens. He and his wife run Grow Journey, which is a subscription seed of the month club. Every month you get organic seeds shipped to your house, the correct varieties for where you live that are guaranteed to grow and produce. There's everything from container garden packages, large-scale gardens, there's even a gift subscription. So if there's someone that you're thinking about getting a nice gift for and you can't think of what to get them, why not get them a subscription to Grow Journey, their Seed of the Month Club? It's a great way to kind of learn how to garden a few seeds at a time. A lot of you listeners know that I'm not a great gardener myself. The last few years I've done a huge garden, gotten overwhelmed, and saw little production. Well, this year I'm subscribed to Grow Journey, and I'm really excited because they'll send a couple seeds each month, Along with the seeds, they send information on how to plant them. The minute my membership was live, I was able to go onto the website, learn about what seeds were coming. I could read the guides. They even have grow plans, which will help you plan when to plant your own seeds and how to plant them the right way. I feel like Grow Journey is a small way for me to step-by-step each month with just a couple of seeds, learn about them, get them planted, take care of them the right way, and then get into another month, the following month, plant the next group of seeds. Uh, So go to growjourney.com and check them out. Uh, But now that the pitch is done, I'm going to share with you the Grow Journey gardening tip of the month. Every month, we're going to hear a tip from Grow Journey about what we can be doing that month to help us with our own Grow Journey. The Grow Journey gardening tip of the month. This month's tip Turn your fallen leaves and yard debris into the perfect soil for your garden. So I know what you're thinking. It's December, right? This is when we get to take a break from gardening. Now's the time where we want to construct perfect soil. It's never the wrong season to improve garden soil, but fall and early winter are particularly ideal for this task. Think about a forest. Fall's the time that all the leaves fall, That's the trees fertilizing themselves and the understory plants by dropping all that carbon in the form of leaves and dead limbs. Microbes and fungi in the soil thrive on this heavy supply of organic matter, 
which create light, nutritious soil for the surrounding plants. This is free fertilizer falling from the sky. So how can gardeners take advantage of this? Mimic what the forest does. Instead of raking up those leaves, putting them in bags, and putting them by the side of the road, carry those leaves to your garden beds. How should you add them to the garden? Well, there's two ways to do this. To learn how, go to thisishomesteady.com, click on this episode, you'll find a link which will subscribe you to the Grow Journey Gardening Tip of the Month. In your email inbox, you will receive every month the entire gardening tip. It's completely free. It's going to help you on your own personal grow journey. So if you want to become a great gardener like I do this year, join me. Go to thisishomesteady.com. Click on this episode. You'll see the link to join the Grow Journey email list. Sign up and you'll find out the next steps to turning those great leaves into the perfect soil for your vegetables next year. Thanks, Grow Journey, for the tip of the month. We look forward to next month. Would you say, should he have given it a thumbs down? It depends upon which way he was looking at it. If you're looking at it for a money perspective only, then yes. But if you're looking at it for quality for the money that you're putting out, thumbs up. I'll do it, do it again in a heartbeat because I have so many allergies now and I could absolutely control what they were eating and they're just little egg producing machines. So what they came in, what went in, then came out in the egg. So I could eat those eggs and not have any problems with them. Quality of egg. Quality of egg, taste. And I have to admit though, I never thought that the taste was that much better. But the look was certainly better. And everybody that I gave them to said, these are so much better than regular eggs. But then again, I put scrambled eggs in with all kinds of stuff. Should the person that doesn't love the idea of having chickens, but will do it if they can save money to get a better product, should they instead go the route of finding a local person who's selling them a little cheaper? Or should they try to do them themselves? I would say find a local person that's doing them cheaper. Because they are, you have to be there every day for them. Open the coop, close the coop, feed them, clean them out. They're not loads of work, but they are work every day. And if you can't do it, you need to find somebody who can. Otherwise, they'll get eaten at night, as you well know. You leave them out, they'll get eaten. So would you give chickens a thumbs up? Backyard. Absolutely. I'm all over it. In fact, next time, we're not just buying 12, we're buying 25. We decide we're going, we're going to go ahead and get a whole bunch. And when we get chickens in the springtime... Um, He's going to put an automatic opening and closing Wait, door. Wait, this springtime? Ah. Yeah. You're getting more chickens? Yeah. We've got that lovely Mother. little bird out there. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, now that I am, have so many allergies, I find that I did better with the eggs. So it's not cheaper. It's more expensive. But I could control what they were eating. And if necessary, so I can eat them. It's like, yeah, now we're talking. Yeah. There you go, sure. I don't believe it, Laura. I know. <laughs> so maybe the investor in Accountant Mike, who sees all the money and time put into these birds, only to see them get eaten, talk about a bear market, maybe that's why Accountant Mike can't give this a thumbs up. But that experience doesn't scare Lori. Even having gone through all of that, coming out to find her birds terrorized, she's still going to get back at it. In fact, Lori wouldn't have ever given up on the birds. A farmer like myself knows that with just two years, chickens will stop being productive enough 
to keep feeding them the amount of feed they'll need to stay alive and it still be cost-effective. A farmer like me will thank the chickens for their service and then put them in a chicken pot pie. Not Lori. Those chickens were more than a product. They were the pet that she never had. Mick made a lot of fun of me, but I really enjoyed that. Having never had a pet, I thought, this is not too bad. I like this. Even if we lived in just a tiny little place with 10 square feet out the back, I think I would probably still have one or two of them. Would you ever, um, when your egg layers get to the point of no lay, would you kill them? Not you, maybe you yourself, but would you ever have them kill I Well, I actually, I thought about that a lot, and we were coming to that point because they'd been egg layers for two and a half years, steady egg layers, and we decided, no, we didn't think we could do it. Do you mind feeding them till they drop dead one day? Nah. So you would have... I feed my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Best minute of tape on the whole interview. I'm Katie. And I'm Paul. And we're coming to you from our six-acre homestead in central Ohio. Today we're planting fruit trees on a nice crisp fall day. We have two apple, two peach, and two cherry that are going in the ground. And we can't wait to enjoy the delicious fruits that are going to come from these trees in the next few years. All the baked goods, canning, and just eating them right off of the tree in the next few years. And now we're putting it in the ground. And our Macintosh apple tree was just planted here on Homesteady. We also have seven chickens on our homestead and they lay eggs for us daily. And I'm proud to announce that this morning I harvested my first buck from our property. We are Homesteady. That is so cool. Paul and Katie updating us from their homestead. Uh, This is the other new segment that I mentioned previously that we're going to be hearing on the show. It's the Homesteady shout-out from our pioneers. So from now on, every episode of Homesteady, you're going to hear a shout-out from one of our pioneers. And uh, there's a video in the Pioneers Only Library which shows you how to submit your shout-out. It's just a cool way to get a glimpse of our Homesteady community across the world, really. And Paul and Katie, thanks guys for being the very first Homesteady Pioneer shout-out. You guys, keep it up. I love it. (laughs) I got a picture of Paul's buck, too, which I'm going to post on the website if you want to see it. So way to go, guys. Now, it was quickly becoming apparent that we were not going to convince Accountant Mike that egg-laying chickens was a worthwhile endeavor unless we could prove to him that we could earn some money make up for all that time chasing chickens around, all the time holding chickens and talking to chickens and taking chickens for a walk. Wait, that was just his mom, right? I don't do that. I don't take my chickens for walks. I needed to be able to show him that, yes, you could earn some money. Now, I'll be honest. Uh, We do sell eggs to our customers once in a blue moon. You see, our primary enterprise off of our farm is pork. 
and some of our poor customers mentioned that they liked farm fresh eggs and should we happen to have some extra we email them hey we got a few extra come pick them up but this is very rare so i really don't have any idea what kind of money i'm earning off of my farm fresh egg endeavor but i do know that it is not paying for itself in any way so we're really not a big enough operation to really figure out whether or not this financial enterprise is worth it. When I hear the word farm and the word finance, there's one person who does come to mind who's really got a handle on whether or not his enterprises are earning him money. That's my buddy John from the Growing Farms podcast. This year, John is taking an especially hard look at all the enterprises on his farm to see whether or not they're really making him money. If there was a farmer that knew how much money he was actually making selling eggs, well, I figured it would be John. Fortunately, not only is he a fellow podcaster with a podcasting studio, but he lives about 20 minutes from me. Me and accountant Mike hopped in the car and headed over to John's farm. John, I love me some chickens. Talk about Let's chicken. talk about you're, chickens. You're the chicken I talk guy, about right? Chickens all day. We know you can. He's the chicken guy. <laughs> chickens for meat. I'm the only show in town. Chicken for eggs. I'm not the only show in town because there's some people doing it at a smaller scale. I had been doing it at a larger scale, and it's funny that you wanted to record the show because I'm actually myself revisiting it now oh, nice. and going into 2016. Whoa. And uh, yesterday, spent an entire half a day with the Yukon Ag Poultry Specialist, uh, Dr. Michael Derry. The guy's name is Dr. Michael Derry? D-A-R-R-E. Oh, all right, fine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and he's it's, a chicken doctor. I, I, oh my God. I caught that early on. Dr. Michael Derry, chicken specialist. John got together with Dr. Derry to uh, figure out, spoiler alert, uh, what he was doing wrong because I'm doing, you know, on, on paper, everything that you should be doing. They're raised on grass. They're fed organic non-GMO feed. I'm moving them often. Their manure is not building up. My land looks amazing. Like everything looks really, really good. My birds are healthy. They don't have mites. They don't have diseases. Nobody dies of Merrick's disease. I don't have coccidiosis. All this stuff. I've hit every check mark. How come I'm not making money? So... Well, you kind of jumped the gun and said that you're not making money, but that's what we, that's what we want to talk to you about, right? Well, not making money can be a vague statement, sure. and I am making money, good, but enough money to make my farm viable or make me happy as a producer and professional farmer, maybe not so much. Having a viable farm is very important to John. He knows that if his farm business isn't making enough money to cover the costs of what it's spending to produce, it won't last. In the last year, John launched the Farm Finance Challenge. Uh, The idea behind this challenge... And in summary, what it is, is every single month, myself at Camps Road Farm and farms from across the country have been publicly reporting their profit and loss statements, along with some story as to how they got there that month. And we did this not because we wanted to gloat about how how many millions of dollars we were making (laughs) as farmers. Everybody knows that's not what's happening. But what is happening is that a few different farms across the country, all at different sizes, are trying to keep track of what they're spending and what they're making. And they're sharing that story. John feels this is very important because as the slow food movement grows, a lot more people are beginning to start their own little small farms. 
But as the number of beginning farmers grows, especially in the United States, we wanted to have a real accurate uh, storyline over an entire year about people who are actually trying to make a living at it, whether it's you know full scale or part time, and what exactly that looks like for them so that if you're getting into farming, you have a realistic view of what your budget is going to be. I, th I mean, I think it's a great thing that you're doing. It's beautiful. And you got a bunch of farms involved. Good. You're doing, you're keeping a better track of Sometimes Squash self. Hollow Farm <laughs> posts. <laughs> that, that ebb and flow thing he was talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it means we have a wonderful opportunity to sit here and talk to you about your egg. What did you call it? Your egg, egg situation. Your egg situation. Because we like. One man, <laughs> one desire. Man, you got a great theater he had voice. 130 chickens. Seriously, keep going. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> That's a great theater voice. Yeah, maybe I should start my own podcast. <laughs> we need to have an honest trailer of Homesteady. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Well, the honest trailer would be like, one man hunts deer, the other man hunts tax deductions. <laughs> so, All right, um, that's a wrap. Yeah, we're good, guys. You've got your entertainment. You couldn't really expect me, Accountant Mike, and John to be in the same room and there not be some shenanigans going on. But once we got all the jokes out, we figured it was time to get into the hard numbers. A million trillion square feet? You're the accountant. If I have... <laughs> Man, I'm not good at that. Let's pull the calculator out. This is why you know I need a real calculator. I think it was... I think it was okay, maybe not the hard numbers. Why wasn't John making money selling eggs? What's the problem? How bad is this situation, really? First, John started discussing the management practices that he does. One major important part of the puzzle over at Camps Road Farm is moving the chickens often. But for the amount of pasture I have and for the way I manage my birds, I move those fences um, about twice a week. Uh, it's about every four days. I move the coop in into area, you know, into the whole. This area. keeps the health of the chickens up, keeps the health of the land up, and healthy land and healthy chickens means lots of productivity, or so one would think. He explained to us his method so for moving chickens. One area, so the trick is to always keep the birds moving. That doesn't burn out your ground. Okay. That's one of the mistakes that I've seen a lot of poultry farmers make or backyard farmers in particular that don't have healthy hens or productive hens is that they'll keep them in one very tight enclosed area and never do anything about about the manure buildup. So they'll have a, gr a lush green lawn and they'll have a, a chicken run that looks like the surface of the moon. The surface of the moon if the surface of the moon were covered in chicken feces. If you're thinking about the buildup of parasites and diseases and health, that's where it's going to happen. If you stood on a pile of your own poop every day, it wouldn't be a healthy way for you to live. Okay, good. So I could take your business model, well, you know, your electric poultry netting and a coop that I could move. Yeah. Or someone even smaller than me could do it. With six birds, you could do what you're doing. Absolutely. You don't need... You, yeah. could, you could have one chicken coop in a corner or the middle of your yard and yeah. create a pie chart around that. So they always came back to the same coop, yep. but you could rotate them around your grass. And there is your, you know, there's your Scott's lawn fertilizer is you're rotating your pie chart of chickens. So you might have a little burned out area in one part of your lawn part of the year. But over the year, you're going to have this lush green lawn that's well tended by your, yep. you know, your six chickens. So John is really stressing the importance of moving your chickens. But here's the catch. Moving chickens takes time. And that's going to play hard into the equation of whether or not this is worthwhile. 
But for John, along with making money, just as important is treating their animals the right way. And this means the chickens get moved. Well, that, you know, it comes down to, you know, on any scale, your holistic goal. What are you trying to do on farm? And our holistic goal, our business plan, you know, I could, my business plan is one sentence to run a financially viable farm without sacrifice to human, animal, or any natural welfare. And if I'm doing something that's too business-minded, that sacrifices any of that welfare, then I'm doing it wrong, and I have to revisit my business plan. Even your pragmatism. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's, it stinks, right? They have to be financially viable, but they also have to have animal welfare right at the top. So is he viable? So, so year to date, I can give you the how many, how much money I've made off of eggs and how much money I've spent on feed. In eleven months, what do you have? Um, <clears throat> so about one hundred and forty birds for eleven months. Oh. Uh, my income for the eggs yeah. for the entire year nine thousand two hundred and sixty three dollars. All right. No, <laughs> I, I wish I had. I wish I had some kind of frame of reference to know if that was good or bad. Well, uh, I'm about to give it to you. Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) So I made $9,263. In feed, I paid $5,421, which rough math says I've, I've, after just feed, I've made $3,842. All right. And how many hours do you spend on this mess? So you have to, I averaged it out, and this is going to be a number for a 52-week year, so you figure I'm going to make a few more dollars off of eggs for the end of the year. But on a 52-week year, if I'm spending an hour a day on eggs, um, that's averaged out, plus, you know, know, maybe an extra two hours per week if I have to shovel the coop out, if something goes wrong, if I'm breaking down or setting up a fence where it takes a little bit longer. I averaged it to about nine hours a week. Okay. So at my average paid labor wage of $12 an hour, you know, that's a random number. So I'm not going to say <laughs> I make that. It's not often no, that, that high. That sounds, no, that but sounds like that a low, but reasonable, an hour is reasonable. Agriculture, agriculture hand. That's $108 a week for $5,616. So, so things are not going well. So without shaving, without, sha- you know, pine shavings that I use in the coop, without any of the winter housing expenses, uh-huh. without calcium grit, you know, chicken doctor visits. <laughs> um, Dr. Dairy? That 3000 <laughs> So when the dust settles, combining what John spends every year in chicken feed for his chickens, then applying a $12 an hour expense the amount of time that he spends on those chickens throughout the year, he comes up to a figure of minus $1,758. That means he is losing money trying to sell farm fresh eggs. Definitely not getting a thumbs up. Uh, You can see why not only the Homesteady podcast is taking a hard look at chickens, but in in, in 2016... I'm going to take a hard look at chicken. Now, don't worry. John's as stubborn a farmer as I am. He's not giving up. He's going to scale down, down to 30 birds. And with that small group of birds, he's going to take a hard look, try to improve his systems, streamline things. But like I was talking about with the efficiencies of feed and balancing nutrition, there's a lot of other management things that 
larger scale producers do that as small scale producers who are trying to make a go at it, we kind of scoff at the larger producers and say, oh, you know, they, what do they know about raising chickens a healthy way? They I'm do it in a barn. Right. <laughs> when, when in reality, who knows more about raising chickens than the guy who has a million chickens? Right. He <laughs> knows it. And right. long story short, John is looking to big ag for some answers. And this is a great example of not drawing a hard line in the sand when it comes to our food and what we think about the farmers and the methods that we see going on right now. Instead of saying only small scale is good, big ag is bad, John's going to look to big ag. He's going to see what lessons he can learn and then apply. We should all approach our endeavors on our homestead with that same balance. Try to step back from the black and white and see what we can learn from the gray area. Their heads above water. Yep. You know, it's not like they enjoy going out and yeah. just like beating on chickens. It's not like what they do. It's just not bad people. I don't believe that there's that many bad people who are farming. Like yeah. nobody's driving their tractor across the plains of Kansas being like, oh, I love just, you know, polluting the world. You know? <laughs> and not to say that they're doing that, but you know, yeah. there's no malice yeah. there. They're just doing, they're farming the way they know how to farm. The way that John knows how to farm is to look at the numbers, see what's working and what isn't, and then adapt. Accountant Mike asked him a really good question. What sort of advice would you give them as far as figuring out where to make those incremental improvements? Want to know the answer? Become a homesteady pioneer. The rest of this interview with John, all about how you can improve the efficiencies on your own farm, can be found in the Pioneers Only Library. You'll have access to all the extra podcasts. We're even doing a weekly video live from the farm. So go check out thisishomesteady.com. Become a pioneer. It's only five bucks a month, and it's going to help you run a very efficient farm that hopefully pays for itself. So now you're probably wondering, what's John going to do about this? He's got 140 chickens on farm that are actually costing him money. And that's not good for business. What's in store for these chickens? Uh, uh, December 2nd, uh, about... Soup day? Yeah. <laughs> December, <laughs> I would say 75 to 80% is going to be soup birds because we're also a protein farm, so I have a market for it. Uh, that and we rotate our flocks regularly anyways. And I'm going to keep that small test batch of birds and sell enough eggs to cover their expenses throughout the year, keep eggs on farm, and be a better farmer. We've often compared Accountant Mike's thumbs up or thumbs down to Caesar's. And in this instance, for those egg-laying chickens, well, the thumbs down, it's very literally like Caesar's. I'll give it like one and a half, but man... I, I, I've been a hardcore homesteady listener and fan... <laughs> That thumbs down is so much worse in person. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, bro. That's it. <sighs> you even know when it's coming. Austin edits out all my uh, commentary. After that. <laughs> Man, if we were in like the Roman, what was the thing? The Colosseum? Yeah. The, these egg egg chickens would be, they'd be goners, man. That's it. <laughs> what can you do? I'm sorry. <laughs> On this episode, I'll accept the thumbs down. But in two years, you guys are coming back in the office and we're sitting down. And accountant Mike's going to have his thumb ready. You know, and there's going to be a good report. 
John's a great farmer. He's keeping close track on what's working, what's not, and he's sharing everything that he learns over at farmmarketingsolutions.com. There's a podcast, there's videos, there's the Farm Finance Challenge. He even designed a chicken tractor uh, so that he could get right in with his chickens, keep a close eye on them, take really good care of them. You can buy the whole book that talks about the chicken tractor, has the plans. Uh, Go to our website, we'll have the link for it. This is homesteady.com. Click on this episode. We'll forward you over to those chicken tractor plans. We thank John for the time he took to share his numbers. Go check out my friend over there. You won't regret it. Okay, there's some really big news that we want to share with you guys, and uh, we're going to eat up a commercial spot just to tell you. Uh, So a couple things. One is we are experimenting with a weekly video. Go to the YouTube channel for the show. Just search Homesteady. You'll find our channel. It is an abbreviated version of the full-length video that the Pioneers are getting every week. And it's live. It's an update from our farm, and uh, it's a little bit more instructional You'll get to see us actually handling our animals and what we're doing on the homestead. So go check that out. If you're a YouTuber, subscribe. And the other news that I want to announce, if you go to the website for this episode, click on this episode's picture, you're going to see an early warning email list for a farm business school. Me and accountant Mike are working on a program. I'm not going to tell you too much about it right now because we're just finishing up the final pieces of the puzzle. But if you are dreaming about starting your own farm business, uh, we are creating a school for you to do exactly what I've done, which is in the last four years, turned a hobby of mine into something that's paying bills. It's not my number one only job, uh, but it is paying me major money every month. We're talking house payment, uh, and we're going to teach you how to do that. Me and Accountant Mike together are going to help you start your own homestead business. If you'd be interested in joining that school, you're going to want to get on this early warning email list because we're going to have a pilot program with limited seating, limited availability. It is a web school, so it doesn't matter where you live. You don't have to come and visit us in person. Uh, It's going to be a series of webinars. Uh, But get on that early warning list, and you will be the first to know the news and the first to know when those seats go up for sale. Uh, Because there are only going to be a very, very few of them for this pilot program. And it will be an extreme discount. Okay, that's it. Go to thisishomesteady.com. Click on this episode's picture. You'll see it on the homepage. And sign up to that early warning farm homestead business school list. You'll find out everything else you need to know through that list. Thanks, guys. So we couldn't convince Accountant Mike that raising chickens to save money was worth it. And now we failed at proving to him that you could make money doing it. This is not looking good. Essentially, we've already lost. It was time to pull out all the stops, throw everything I could at him. 
They say the way to a man's heart is his stomach. Let's figure out if that works on Accounted Mike. I don't know, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love when you hit that. I'm like, you get that sound. So we've talked about this before. Accounted Mike was on Worst Cooks in America, the Food Network show, where he learned to cook from Chef Ann Burrell. One of the meals he learned to cook while he was there is a pork fried rice. We figured we had the pork, he could bring the rice. One of the key components to this dish is a nice fried egg placed on top of that fried rice dish. You crack into that fried egg and you let the yolk kind of cover over your rice. It's delicious. It's one of our favorite meals that he's learned to make and we have him over just so he can make it. We figured that would be the perfect way to test out if farm fresh eggs actually do taste better. Because this is something that people debate. There's a lot of back and forth on whether or not you can taste a difference. So we had Mike and his wife Leanna over and they cooked up fried rice, pork fried rice. They used our farm's pork and our farm fresh eggs for the first test subject. And then we bought a package of store-bought large-scale ag eggs for the second test. And we made it a blind taste test. So two bowls of pork fried rice, one with a farm fresh egg, and one with a big ag store-bought egg. So over here in um, fried rice world, we have the tops of the scallions. Blindly, myself, accountant Mike, and his wife Leanna tasted the meals to see if there was actually a better flavor, something that maybe you couldn't even put a price tag or a thumbs down on. I think you'll be surprised by what happened. Okay, my eyes are closed, guys. Kendra's gonna feed me the first one. Open. This is almost romantic. It might be hot. It it's got hot. mouth like steel, this one. It's weird. Okay, and then bite number two. I have a sip of something. That was good. Oh. Cleanse your palate. Mm. Cleanse the palate. Leanna's drink. With my gin Nice. Boy, that's tough. This is your livelihood. I know. This is everything like everything. I, all my marketing. Right. At least you can edit it out. Oops. I yeah. <laughs> can I do? Uh, can I do the first one again? Sure. Honestly, I was having a hard time with this. I'm gonna say that the first one was store bought. Wrong. No. Oh. Man. Wow. That's like all thumbs down for this. I know. That was. Uh, the second one tasted. Sprinkles. I mean, we're eating fried rice. It's not like a plain egg, but. Maybe that's what we should do later. Is a plain egg. Taste test. Could do that. Excuses, excuses. I just couldn't taste a difference. But there were two more people to take the test. I would guess the second one. Is what? Farm. Winner! You are a super taster. You are not. I'm not. <laughs> Did you see those bites, though? Mike, like, crafted it was beautiful, perfect very, bites. Uh, it was very Mommy. rich, and I could actually taste the yolk. That one, ju- I just felt... Oh, I just yeah, felt the gooey... So the first one, I just felt the gooeyness. Baby, don't hit that. It just felt gooey. That's how I knew it was egg yolk. But I could actually taste something in the second one. Like, it was like a rich... It actually had an egg taste. So for you... The farm fresh was better. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the stage is set. One point for the big ag egg. That one was all my fault. 
One point for Farm Fresh. Leanna. Now it all came down to Accountant Mike. Would he be able to distinguish a taste difference in the Farm Fresh egg? And would he give that, at least that, a thumbs up? My eyes are closed. Yep. Yeah. Okay. okay, so now this is the big one. Accountant Mike is about to have a bite of each. And he's got to see if he can taste a difference. This is scary. His wife is going to feed him. Just so you all know, Mike is not a super taster. I'm not, no. And apparently neither is Austin. I'm ready. Is it cold? Did you put your hands up? I thought it was going to drip. It did a little bit. Oh, it did? Okay, open your mouth. Also, why did you put your glasses on your head? I don't know, because I'm not looking. So I don't want them in the way. Whatever! Ready? Open your mouth. Okay, there was a huge water chestnut in that. Sorry. It's okay. I could put another huge one in this one. No, it's okay. <laughs> Make it balance. fair. All right, so that was one. Are okay. you ready for two? I'm ready. <laughs> I would say that two is the farm one. Whoa! Well All right. All right. Good job. How come? Um, it had a much fuller taste. Okay, the first one, the store-bought one, wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It was kind of like, all right. Whatever. The second egg was, it was fuller, it tasted like the yolk was a little thicker and more even consistency. The store-bought one felt like a thinner yolk. And everybody, I'm the one who got it wrong. (laughs) So there it is. The organic homestead farmer can't tell the difference between a farm fresh and a store-bought. And yet, Accountant Mike and his wife, Leanna, both gave the Farm Fresh a thumbs up. So although we couldn't get Accountant Mike to go on record and say that it is worthwhile to raise your own Farm Fresh eggs, this is the fact we can walk away with. If you want to be a proud homesteader who can serve up eggs to his city slicker, country-hating accountant, and watch him admit in front of everyone that it tastes better, The only way to do it is to raise your own egg-laying chickens. And for me, well, that feeling is priceless. to thank everyone who had a contribution in this episode. Thanks to John from Farm Marketing Solutions and the Growing Farms podcast. Thanks to Accountant Mike and Leanna as usual for the help on the show. Thanks to Accountant Mike's mom, Lori, for sharing the epic story of her backyard chickens and the bear. We hope this year goes a lot better for you. Special thanks to our partners, Grow Journey, the Seed of the Month subscription service, rjsbfarm.com, the number one source for all your beekeeping supplies online, and Power Plucker, everything you need for raising and processing your own meat birds. Most importantly, thank you to all you guys, all you fans who keep supporting us, helping us grow. Every month, something new and exciting is happening with Homesteady, and we're so grateful that all you could be a part of this. So go ahead, get yourself some chickens, or at least buy some local farm fresh eggs. And until next time, remember, 
The road is rocky. Make home steady.